Touring car train was back at Truxton this week. Turkinson had his troubles. Meanwhile, tyres and Toyota took the headlines. Welcome back to your independent British touring car podcast. Sam, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, another good weekend of racing. Glad to have them back after three weeks away. Um, but yeah, very exciting weekend um, and enjoyed it. Absolutely. So as the tin tops headed to the fastest circuit on the calendar, who was going to hold their nerve the most? Well, the first place to start is who held the nerve most in qualifying. Qualifying report. Well, as we headed into qualifying, uh, it was highly anticipated as being one of the fastest tracks in the UK, there are few traction zones and this would be one for the front wheel drive cars to uh, take advantage of as they have been doing in free practice where Dan Camish had topped both sessions. Uh, Jake Hill was also up there as well looking quick. Yes, he was very quick. Um, and that really continued into qualifying as well. Um, so it seems as though with using the harder tyres they were getting a few runs out of them before having to come back into the pits to put on a new set and out of those first set of tyres it was actually Tom Ingram who had topped times from Hill, Butcher and Chiltern all front wheel drive cars mostly Hondas Yeah. Um, as we were kind of expecting yeah Turkton was slow-ish but still getting himself into the top 10 fairly regularly and not looking too far off the pace with full ballast on board this is perhaps the track that hurts you the most being the quickest track in the UK uh, and less braking areas so probably where the ballast hurt most and Sutton didn't really look on it at all through any of the free practice sessions. Um, he was there and thereabouts in qualifying, along with Turkington and Oliphant, just at the bottom end of that top ten. Um, the, the real surprise in the first half of qualifying for me was that Matt Neal was all the way down in 13th, yes. um, sort of like after those first runs, and he would be one of the first drivers to come in and put that newer set of tyres on um, and go again. Um, meanwhile, Rob Austin was sitting fairly pretty after the first runs in 14th. Yep. Now that that's fairly impressive for a driver that has been away from the series for two years, um, not been in a car, he says, a race car that is, um, and to be sitting there 14th, sort of like middle of the pack with 45 kilos of ballast on yeah. after the first runs was pretty good. It was. Two things that struck me about qualifying, first of all, relates to Rob Austin, is that I think, and it is always a bit of what about but I think if they had ran that car quite properly, PMI, they'd be in the title fight, because that car looks yes. seriously good, doesn't it? It does. It looks quick. And in the hands, if you say Austin, who's no slouch, it's not that you know, no, beat by the push, but you know, you think if you gave that to Jackson and Plato, the progress they made last year, I think they'd have been near. Developing off of each other yeah. as well, having two sets of data to run through, having the top. drivers that can give you uh, reliable feedback each weekend as well yeah the the progression forward would have been possibly even better than it has been the other thing that struck me was that Camish went out very late in the first part of qualifying he almost let yeah. the track completely clear um, so in the first melee he stayed in yeah it was almost Formula 1-esque trying to <laughs> and he was trying to time himself between the traffic uh, as you'd expect and something I hadn't realised before which was quite new to me uh, is that when they're doing the hot laps the lights go on which I didn't go off sorry go off 
go on. No, let's go on. Go on. I think go it on. is go, yeah, on. go on. So turn the lights off you, and they You fall. certainly see um, Ingram flashing his lights for when he's on a quick quick lap. Yeah. Um, to make sure drivers know to get out of the way and obviously not hold people up because the closing speeds at Thruxton, when you're not on a quick lap, are so high, then it, it causes quite a problem. Um, but yeah, as as the drivers came in for their second set of tyres, Matt Neal, as I said, one of the first to uh, go back out there, and he was the first one to relight those timing screens and yep. was going purple through um, sectors and actually went fir- fastest overall on his first flying lap on those new tyres. Absolutely. Um, and actually, before he started to miss out the chicane, Sutton looked really, really quick <laughs> at times. I mean, I, I messaged you going, oh my word, that car looks so, so fast. Yeah. But once again, Rash pushing the limit a little bit too much, overdriving it perhaps, and cut the chicane a few times, and obviously those laps can't count. No. Um, another driver to follow on from Matt Neal was Tom Ingram, who had an awesome Sector 1 and Sector 2, went purple in both, and then had a massive moment in Sector 3, didn't Brown he? trouser moment, I think it was referred to. Yeah, let's say he took a little extra grass on the exit of Church, um, which stunted his, his momentum going down into the final chicane, um, but eventually did put him top of the times for a short while. Yeah. And if he'd have find, if he'd have got that sector together, then I think he would have been well ahead of anyone else on Com- the track. Comfortably so. Comfortably yeah. so. It's a shock, really, wasn't it? We weren't expecting that car to be good to simplistic, but certainly not to be that quick round here. Yeah. Um, it's awesomely quick. Um, however, with that small error, it was Camish who soon took advantage of it. Um, Going, I don't think he even went purple in the first two sectors. No. I think it was just PBs and then fastest in the purple final the sector. Final sector, yeah. Um, that managed to get him on pole. Um, Which isn't a great surprise because we saw all weekend that he, him and Neil had the best closing speed into the chicane. They had the best yeah. braking into the chicane with the most balanced cars through the chicane. We, we've always always said that that Honda is so good onto the brakes yeah. and that's where it probably makes up a lot of its time. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the Hondas of BTC Racing were all to finish inside the top 10, which is good showing from them, as we kind of expected, yep. being in that Honda. Um, Jake Hill was there in fifth, and Adam Morgan stunningly managed to put it on the second row in fourth. Yeah, I don't know how he gets what he, he gets out of this car. Absolutely yeah. wrestles and wrings everything out of it, doesn't he? Yeah, but again, I don't know how he's put that head of Yuki, he's got a head of Turkington, Butcher, Sutton. Yeah. Mega lap. Mega. Uh, however, there were also some surpri- surprises in the session. Carl Bordley was all the way down in 26. Yeah. Um, well, we'll come to it probably more in race one, but the, the boost has been turned down um, at a certain rate on rear-wheel drive cars, and we're wondering whether that's affecting him. Uh, Sam Osborne, again, down in 23rd. For a car that was, was holding the, the lap record for that place... He, we need to be seeing more from him. Absolutely. When you look at how well Hill was doing with the same machinery. Yeah. Now, I know they've had an engine swap on Osborne's car going into this weekend, which cost them 10 points in the championship yeah. uh, for exceeding the number of engine swaps throughout the season. Um, but I think it's getting beyond the point now where you can just point to the engine being the problem there. And he also had two lap times um, taken away from him. He was the only driver to have more than one taken away. Yeah. Um, which. That is very much down to the driver. Yeah, it's easy straight line as you can on the hot lap to you know if you run into traffic and then have to take a base of action. So you can you can allow for that I think at Thruxton because mm. we saw a couple of people straight line as you can 
almost yeah you know, to take evasive action from yeah other cars so you can almost allow that but I do think it's going to get to the point now where we can't just keep pointing at the car for no. his performances um, however one of the better performances was Michael Crees up inside the top 10 um, which I think is probably his best qualifying performance um, in a touring car yep and I think it's the first time this season we've had anybody top FP1, FP2 and qualifying with Dan Camish taking all three sessions yep uh, certainly uh Set up well for him into the first race. Let's go on to the first race. Race one. Well, for the first time this season, the front runners weren't having to worry about rear-wheel drive cars behind them, with Turkton uh, down in eighth. Yep. So not expected to make too much of a demon start there. Uh, and as you mentioned, we might as well mention it now, the boost has been turned down for rear-wheel drive cars, both off the line and into the racing conditions. Well, above 100 kilometres an hour, isn't it? Uh, from 0 to 100 kilometres. From, from 0 to 100, yeah, right. Yeah, from 0 to 100 kilometres an hour. They've had their boost turned down. Obviously, looking at how well their starts have been doing so far this season, uh, they've been rocket ships off the line, haven't they? We saw that m- most evident at Alton Park yes, with Oliphant. Um, and so I think this, this should bring them into a more competitive space with the front-wheel drive cars. Absolutely. However, Camish could not make his advantage oh. stick. Uh, with He's been a feature of Camish this year. He's been very slow for line a couple of times, and it was shown again here, and Ingram stormed ahead into the first corner. He, he's either overcooking it or undercooking it, and I think he said that in the interview afterwards, that, that this weekend he undercooked it didn't he yeah well he undercooked the first one and overcooked the second one yeah we'll get to the second one yeah. uh, and so yeah he just needs to find that sweet spot like Butcher has earlier on yeah. in the season he certainly found the sweet spot it was quite lucky that he only had Neil behind because Neil did get past him into the first he corner did. Uh, but that wasn't to last too long with Neil <laughs> let's think back through claiming later on that he could see Cambridge of the quicker car yeah. no no I think he, it's clear he, he has the more title ambitions as yeah. well yeah <laughs> Um, but Morgan was looking really strong behind, uh, but it wasn't a fantastic start for Tom Chilton. He began to fall back quite quickly, and Sutton got past the BTC boys very, very quickly in the rear-wheel drive Infinity. He did, uh, looking up. racy in race one, wasn't he? He seems to have this... Um, almost, it's not a, is it a strategy of really ballsing up the qualifying <laughs> and then just coming through <laughs> in race one? You say that. He said before Not Kill that he was going to try something different and set himself up from free practice to have a better qualifying and have newer tyres in qualifying. Also, that that gets a little skewed when you come to Thruxton because you use the harder tyre and you don't get a carryover of tyres. No. Um, and so I think Thruxton was always going to be a little bit more of a struggle for him. But he was making good progress on the first lap. Uh, Hamilton's return to the series ended in... Um, disappointment, clutch failure. Two, two laps? Yeah, two, la- two laps or so, we ended up slipping clutch. Uh, and a bit further back, we had the f- neat and boredly round one. Um, boredly yeah. looked in the wrong, I have to say, put, got up behind Neat, pushed him off the, well not pushed him, but barged in the back, Neat went off the he'd track. He'd like sweeped, sweeped across his um, rear bumper, a bit like Sutton's been doing, yeah. not knowing the length of his car, yeah. and just trying to tuck in close behind to get back into that slipstream and he just misjudged it for me yeah I mean it, it is a racing instant but with more blame on Bordley yes um, so certainly we'll, we'll come to the recompense later on we'll go through the race in a chronological issue order yeah um, so this ended up Neat having to come into the pit lane as he had a barrister over his front with uh, a nice quick frick bit of advertising for the yep for the company, blocking up the radiators. <laughs> Setting the car on fire, nearly. <laughs> yep. Uh, up front, Jake Hill, unfortunately, had a moment with bleed due to a puncture coming through the chicane. 
lost it uh, and was quite lucky not to collect anybody actually yeah it was very early on in the race as well so I, I suspect it isn't a puncture from tyre wear as we would be used to at Thruxton I think it may be either a piece of debris or getting up on those kerbs I think he hit the kerb too hard because yeah. we saw it in a couple of support races in the minis where they yep. hit that kerb hard flying hmm. and you know you think of the the stress the tyres are under at Thruxton um, I think it's a case of perhaps hitting that too hard actually yeah I think there was also something said in commentary that he might have had a slow puncher which obviously then hit a kerb yeah. hard is, is going to pop it off the rim isn't it one person that was struggling to make any particular progress because that out front the front had oh, checked out uh, absolutely checked out I think there was about 7 seconds between them and Sutton after what not even half the race was well, it Sutton hasn't got there yet you're jumping ahead my man oh, I do apologise because the person who was holding up the queue was Butcher, who couldn't, surprisingly, didn't seem to have too much pace this weekend. Consistent, yes, but Very pacey, consistent. no. Um, but yeah, his, his pace was, I don't know, a bit bog-standard average, wasn't it? it was. not, not something that we've been expecting to see, considering the last few weekends. I wonder whether they have had a boost turned down, because brand new car this season, seeing how it develops, obviously it takes three rounds, and then they have another look at it and stuff. Possibly, I don't forget he's carrying quite a lot of weight in the car he as well. Now, yes. And at a fast circuit, the weight does really, really hurt. Um, and it wasn't long before Turkerton had got to the back of Butcher with Sutton no. behind him. Uh, Colin, being his usual self, wasn't particularly <laughs> looking to make a move until it, the chance became on an absolute platter. He, he was quite happy to sit there as long as Sutton wasn't getting too far ahead of him. Um, and he'd just sit, sit there and see what Sutton was up to, really, wasn't he? He was, although Sutton would then get a fantastic run after the chicane into the first corner, uh, and that's what we think where Turkton's problem began. He let Sutton through without any real fight yeah. uh, into turn one, uh, and it would later transpire that he had an electrical fault, which was causing an engine to miss or the engine to misfire. Ah, oh, he called it, didn't they? He did call it straight called away. It, called it mid-race. Um, the same sort of issue that Hill's been suffering with um, for most of the season. Um, so it's, apparently it's not just the Honda engines. No, this of course handed the advantage to Ash, who then began his hunt on Butcher in earnest, knowing that if he'd get through, he could mm. absolutely maximise Collins, what's likely to be his only bad luck uh, of the season, as we know for well that Collins doesn't tend to suffer from reliability issues too much. Yeah, well that, that put him down to pretty much the back of the field, he had to come in and pit, although yep. he did get back out. Um, and eventually finished in 24th. Yeah, Sutton were there to get past Butcher for 5th and slowly pull away for Butcher, but wasn't really, uh, well, wasn't at all challenging the front four. No, I think he realised by then that the front four were too far away to challenge um, and wasn't going to push all out and risk a puncture. A bit further back, we had a few more incidents. Uh, Osborne enters off the road in Sector 2 after trying an extremely ambitious move around the outside of Gornal went backwards into a tyre wall and his poor run and season sets to continue. continue and I'm very disappointed because there were glimpses in the first two races race weekend sorry that actually this could be a really good year for Osborne yeah. and it just hasn't gone to any strength from there has it? I, I don't know whether it's it's like a concentration or um, not being able to judge the situations that he's in some situations you need to step back, take account and see and wait for your gap. And then some situations you really need to take advantage. And he doesn't seem to know where that balance is at the moment. No, and a really good marker, I think, to compare him to is Michael Crease, who's in his second season in a... Yes. I don't know, it's not the same Civic, but it's a very race-capable Civic. And yep. Crease is 
streets ahead of Osborne at this point. Absolutely streets ahead. Con- considering that Osborne has come in with a little more racing pedigree than Crease has yeah. originally into the championship, Crease has learnt really quickly and really well what the do's and don'ts are. Yeah, and Osborne... <sighs> Maybe he's trying too hard, I don't know. The thing is that, we've mentioned it before, that you've got a, a driver coach there in... Blundell, who now really needs to take him to one side, I think. Yep. And, and, and you know, certainly does sort this out because let's not forget this team won the championship, independent championship last year. They're nowhere near it this year. Do Do you think he's at risk of not finishing the championship? No, I think because of the way the world is at the moment, he'll finish the championship. Yeah. Um, because I don't see who's the obvious replacement. Yeah. In the, in the way they want to do it in bringing drivers through, I mean. Rob Ossie had a fantastic weekend, but he's not the mould driver they well, want. Well, would it would it be an option to look at Rob Smith, the other MG driver from last season? That is a possibility, of course. Um, perhaps Ricky Collard, another option, yeah. if he wants to go into Tin Top, but it's believed his sights are more on single-seating racing. Season, yeah. um, I, I don't think they'll get rid of him halfway through the season, but we've seen how that doesn't really work for Team Hard. Um, and I think if they are going to try their model of coaching, then they need to at least came to the end of the season but at this rate I know it's early I'd be surprised to see him in that seat again next year yeah so would I um, somebody who we might not see back in a seat next year do you know what this is this really disappointed me Randy Neat <laughs> because yeah. you know when he came back in a lot of people detracted from him straight away and said oh no he you know, of his past issues in the sport and actually up until now he'd done a, a decent job you yeah. know, he had kept his nose fairly clean He'd been involved in a couple of incidents, but they weren't his fault when the Gornell were not killed. Gornell got points and a fine for him smashing yeah. into the back of him under the safety car. And generally speaking, he'd driven okay. Mm. Yeah. And then this weekend. Yes. So it's, it's almost like a, a switch flipped. Yeah. Wasn't it? After the incident that he had earlier on in the race with Bordley, yes, it's a coming together. Yes, it may have been a small misjudgment. I can kind of see how you would react to that and be angry at the time, but okay, let it let it fly and do your talking afterwards. on the tr- on the track or in, afterwards in the, in the right way. Yeah, or afterwards in the pit lane. Go over a word of him afterwards and say, what the, what the earth are you doing there? Yeah. What you don't do when you're a lap down <sighs> is barging boldly once into the complex on the way in and on the way out just absolutely smash him up the rear. It's pit manoeuvred. Yeah. He's just sim- simply pit manoeuvred. He's already had a little rub, similar to what the incident was in the first case yep. between the two of them, but then he's had to go that much further. It's Forza racing. Yeah, it is. It's, and, you know, without trying to over-egg it or you know, get on his back too much, it's dangerous. It's very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. We know how quick a circuit is, and we've seen some big accidents at Fruxton, not, not in the past, but this weekend, if you look at the minis and stuff like that. Yeah. It's such a stupid thing to do. It's not in the spirit of racing. Look, I'm all for fisty cuffs in the pit lane. That's fine. <laughs> Look, I, I get that this is a fraught sport and tempers run high. Go have a word with him in the pit lane and ask him what on earth he thought he was doing and have a little, you know, an altercation there. Do not do it on the track because you risk not only putting yourselves in danger but other drivers who have nothing to do with your spat. At best, it was clumsy. Mm, but I think, that's, I think that's being generous, yeah. shall we just say. Um, this would then force Neat back into the pits afterwards, which funny that, funny that. Um, it, it, it ruined Bordley's weekend as well. Yeah, I don't think Bordley was going to have a particularly good weekend anyway. He no. seemed to be struggling off the pace, but yeah. you're absolutely right. It, it certainly ruled out any chance of the weekend improving. Yeah. Um, and it would later transpire that Neat would be disqualified from the 
race weekend. Race weekend completely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there was a reprimand for it in the first place, um, and then completely complete disqualification and exclusion from the weekend. Uh, it will be interesting to see how Motorbase deal with it. Yeah. Um, and whether there will be any further repercussions for him. Um, whether they get him to sit a weekend out and as a punishment as such. Well, it might be under the contract that it, it, that's you know, similar to gross misconduct in your yep. workplace. Um, there's been a fair few calls online for Austin to take the seat, which isn't a great surprise considering how well he mm-hmm. did. We'll get onto him in a moment when I finish going through the race. But, yep. you know, the thing is that we understand contact's going to happen in this sport. It's mm. part of the sport. We understand sometimes contact is not avoidable. But that was so avoidable and so blatant that you, it's not what you want to see in the sport. Sent a screen on the camera as well, yeah. and you're just like, what, "What are you doing? You've lost it." Yeah, yeah, that's that's lost the plot. And I say it's not what we want to see. We want to see action. We know there's going to be contact. We accept that. But that kind of contact is just ridiculous and outrageous. Yeah, it is. Um, back out front, Camisha closed in on Ingram for the last few laps. Um, Ingram had a, another little code brown moment through Church. He seemed to be very happy to dip the wheel and snap the steering back. Seemed to keep him on his toes somewhat. Yeah, he uh, he likes it a little twitchy, yeah. the rear end of that Toyota, doesn't he? That spoiler absolutely flaps in the breeze as well. <laughs> I notice it every weekend. It really is loose compared to the other cars. Um, but Camish tried to move on the chicane in the last few laps. We know that's where the Honda was quick, but Ingram just had far too much room. Yeah, it seemed as if um, the Honda really closed up under the brakes, but out the back of the circuit, the Toyota seemed to have what, a couple more mile an hour yeah. on that Honda. Less weight as well, don't forget. Yes. Um, so it was it was Cam, uh, Camish who had to settle for second. Ingram took the win. Big shout out for Neil, who managed to score his uh, another podium at Thruxton. Meaning he's now scored a podium at Thruxton for the last twenty-two seasons. That is ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. That is utterly ridiculous. There were. I can't think of another record like it in motorsport. No, he, he keeps breaking these records, doesn't he? Yeah, that's a stunning effort from Matt. It's a fair play to him. Uh, big shout out to Rob Austin, who took 12th in a car with full, well, not quite full, but large ballast on board and having not raced since two years ago? Three yeah. years ago? Uh, it's, it's about two and a half seasons, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I don't know what time is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a monumental effort for a man who hasn't raced since his last appearance at BTCC. Yep. Uh, well done to Goff as well, who absolutely rang the neck out of that thing this weekend. He did. Uh, and Morgan pulling another miracle to get a very comfortable fourth position. Yeah. Uh, so to recap then on the top 15, Ingram from Carriage from Neil were your podium places. Morgan, Sutton, Butcher, Children, Oliphant and Cook. Then you had Michael Kreese scoring good points. Proctor, who was slow but steady in the Hyundai. Rob Austin, Chris Smiley, Matt Jackson and Aidan Moffat. Ollie Jackson. Ollie Jackson. <laughs> Ollie Thompson or one of those. <laughs> oh, well, do you know, if I can make mistakes of that, I'll be on ITV before you know it. <laughs> race two. Well, as race two kicked off, it was almost a carbon copy of the start of race one, wasn't it? Uh, Ingram got another flying start. Um, Camish again sluggish and Matt Neal managed to pass him again. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed Dan Camish this weekend, for being honest with you, um, because... Well, let me finish. Okay, carry let on. Let me finish. He's taken a pole. Yes. Not got a race win. No. Started race two of less weight. Not got a race win. Yes. And all uh, it's great points. Don't get it wrong. Two podiums, but Turkton not scoring race one. Unlikely to score big in race two. Yeah. Got to be making the 
you've got to make the most of it. And it's harsh to say, well, you know, a second isn't good enough, but Colin's not going to have many more weekends like this. You're already a fair way back in the championship. You've got to get the wins. I understand in race one that Ingram had a bit too much, but they're both... And Ingram should have had qualifying. Yeah, but they're both in Cambridge's hands. If he starts properly, does yeah. Ingram then get past? I know it's another bit of what about tree and what have you, but does Ingram then get past? I don't know if he does, because the main overtaking place, the chicane, Cambridge had covered the entire weekend. Yeah, possibly. I know I've been harsh on Cambridge this year. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and he'll be disappointed. You can see after race one, he was gutted. Oh, yes, after race, gutted. W- race one, he was. Um, but I'm still astounded by the pace of that Toyota had this weekend. I think we all are. Mm. But Anyway, Sutton also had a great start from fifth. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, managed to jump Morgan off of the line, uh, which is no real surprise. No, not at all. Uh, yeah. Uh, going on to the second lap, Neil did that classic thing of letting Camish back through, saying, oh, yes, he's got some more pace than me. And Again, utter rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Neil, Neil's accepted that he needs to play the team role. He's not in the championship. He's nowhere near in the championship. No. So he, He's a team's championship driver, isn't he? Yeah. And also, they'd have known that with Turpin out and not scoring well, there's a chance to get back some points in the constructors if you could get two double podiums with Turton not getting into the top ten. Exactly. You know, you've got to take make hay where the sun shines, as you say. And once and once Camish was set free, um two very fast laps followed up, didn't they? And he was on to the back of England very quickly. Yeah, I'm not convinced that Neil I think Neil had more pace than there was let on this weekend. I think he accepted his duties and backed off a little bit because yeah. I, I think we look up at Carriage's car was. Yeah. I think Neil had more than he let on in race one and two. Um, I think you saw that in race three how easily he coped with the ballast, which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, I think part of it was okay. Let's let Camish go after Ingram, see what we can do, and I'm quite happy to sit back here and you know keep Sutton as far back as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and throughout the race, Camish continued to slowly close that gap and just look for opportunities, but he wasn't wasn't pushing as hard as he could have done. I, think I don't think part of that's to do with the hotness of the of running the car that hot to a car in front we've seen on several occasions cars back off um, yes. when they've got too hot yeah. following behind uh, obviously they've had some problems with that Honda this year already with the cooling system so mm. I think also with the tyre situation as well yeah. I think it pays to be cautious a little bit yeah he, he was making sure he had enough left for the end of the race uh, meanwhile coming through the pack Jake Hill and Colin Turkington who obviously both had Poor first uh, races, starting from 22nd and 24th on the grid, were fighting their way through. Both of them had made up seven places in the first six laps. Yeah, what was interesting after that was that they then struggled to get much further than that. Yeah. And um, both cars did. Yeah. Hale was certainly leading the charge, and Colin was following his every move and following behind. I. It's like they, they got out to the back of Rob Austin ish area, Rob Austin Proctor yeah. Smiley, and. Yeah, struggled to make progress. They got through the drivers that we'd expect them to get through, and then when you got into those really lower paying points positions, they, they really started to struggle. I think Turton probably owes a little bit to Hill, because I'm not convinced Turton would have made the same progress he would have done had he not been following Hill through. Mm-hmm. He, didn't, he didn't seem to have that car hooked up at all this weekend. No. And Hill, if you look back at his overtakes, a lot of them are following Hill through, or yes. the gap's been opened by Hill, and Turton's going to put his car alongside it yeah. to make sure he gets through as well. I'm not saying he wouldn't have made up any places, that's ludicrous to say, but I'm just, I think he'll certainly made his life easier. 
Oh yeah, it's always much easier when you're trying to follow a driver through the pack and he opens the door and we know Colin to be that opportunistic kind of person making those moves where the risk is fairly low um, and the reward's quite high. Uh, Andy Neat, subject of the day, uh, had another coming together, um, coming to the final chicane this time with Sam Osborne. Um, It looked like he'd outbraked himself and got into the back of Osborne and spun himself round, which I think is just desserts. Yeah, uh, you can't blame Osborne too much for that one. No, no, certainly not. Um, as the second half of the race settled in, there were there weren't many overtakes, were there? No. Hel- Helen Turkington was still making slow progress. Um, and, yeah, it wasn't until lap 12 where the excitement started to uh, ramp up a little. Yeah, I think this is part of the problem with the Brux is it is so quick, it's difficult to overtake because everyone's quick. And, you know, yeah. at twisty turning tracks, five miles an hour makes all the difference. With Thruxton, it doesn't make that much difference because no. everyone's going so quick anyway. No, and, and, you've, and got, you've got to have a good run on someone and have a good overspeed on them to actually get past them. And because the corners are so quick, you'd be a lunatic to overtake. <laughs> like, you, know, you don't see many moves at church because you'd be absolutely crazy. Not unless you're driving a Mini. <laughs> Unless you're driving a Mini, <laughs> or the car in front's got so wide it's an yeah. easy pass, but you're not going to get many people want to go toe-to-toe at church because it's so quick. Yeah. Unfortunately, coming through church, was um, there was a problem for Adam Morgan in his Mercedes. There yep. was smoke starting to billow from the back of it, and uh, he, he slowed quite quickly after that. And yeah, the O-rings failed. Yeah, on his power steering, I believe it yep. was, um, and he had to pit at the end of that lap, which was unfortunate because he was running fairly competitively inside the top six at that point um and was doing doing really well for that car and he had a good season he had a good race here last season as well yeah yeah um following lap uh bobby thompson would pull off in sector one i think coming through turn two it's on the outside there not quite sure as to what that issue was there was a little bit of smoke from the car um, so we're, we're thinking mechanical it didn't look like he had contact with anyone no. and there wasn't any substantial damage on the car apart from rubbing as racing um, the BTC racing crew were battling between each other they sort of like had a really quite quiet weekend but all with themselves they were quick but not quick if you know what I mean yeah, yeah they, they, were... they weren't sort of like Alfred Juassa quick were they no no they were strange which so they was were... weird yeah, I was expecting them to be a lot quicker, particularly you know Cook with no weight on in race one. I was amazed he didn't come through the field like he did at all Park. Amazed slash annoyed. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, I, I know he said he had a problem with the brakes, but oh, I don't know. Again, he when's his season going to turn? I don't think this year's his year. No, um, I think you're right. I think he'll, he was a lot closer last season, and I don't know. Maybe that took it out of him a little. Yeah, possibly. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the the racing between those three was very clean, um, yep. and there wasn't much swapping of positions. But they followed each other really well, and and sort of like stayed just inside that top ten, didn't they? Yeah. Good points to the championship. Uh, going on to the final lap, uh, this is where Camish really sort of like needed to make his opportunity count, um, and on the breaks into the final chicane coming. Onto the last lap, he looked closer than he'd been all race, and we thought, okay, this is this is the chance, maybe into the first chicane in the lap. But I don't know, he didn't seem to get a good run out of that chicane, and was just too far back. I'm surprised for the first, last few laps he wasn't seriously aggressive around there. Yeah, uh, I know it's not his style, but 
championship on the line. I'm surprised he didn't. <laughs> he he looked up the move, but he wasn't really committed to it at any point, was he? Really? No, he he was always he was never down the inside, was he? Yeah. He was always either looking at possibly Ingram out breaking himself or going around the outside, which is always a risky move, especially at that final game. Yeah. And so, but yeah. is it a risk worth taking when your championship leader is so far back and you? can get a couple more points is it a risk worth taking I don't know I think it probably would have been this weekend considering how far ahead those two were of anyone else in those first two races yeah I think you're right because if something doesn't come off worst case scenario yes you're out the race for something or you've lost a bit of time going through the chicane and having to cut it and having to give the position back yeah at least at least you've had that go and you've you've had to make him think for the next lap and stuff Absolutely, I mean, and yeah, let's not forget the difference between a first and a second is three points, which doesn't sound a lot. Yeah. But you look at how close the championships have been. He the lost the title by two points last season. Yeah. And so, he, yeah. Yeah, that's a big, big loss. But don't forget, he then got another point for leading a lap had he done it uh, um, that previously. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, he, he possibly needs to be more punchy towards yeah. the end of the season, especially when he's in those situations. Do you know what? I think part of it is who is racing. There's a lot of respect for Tom Ingram on the grid. Oh, yeah. But I think had that been somebody else, I'm not going to get, put a name on it, but. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to put a name on it, but. Yeah, I think. I think if if that had been Sutton and Ingram. Sutton would have gone for it. Sutton would have definitely yeah. gone for it. And, it, and that's it, that racing mentality and balls yeah. to the wall kind of thing. And he'd either got first or ended up backwards. Yeah. But he, I think you're right. I think Sutton would have gone for it. Uh, other notable mentions in that race, Jack Goff managed to get inside the top 15 yep. in that Volkswagen. Um, we, he had a really solid weekend this yeah, weekend. Yeah, really. Surprise. Um, Smiley had a poor race for some reason. He he really dropped off the back of Proctor in the second half of the race must and fell an down the field. Yeah, must have an issue. Um, and Rob Austin, he didn't look like he'd been away, did he? No, no, not at all. He really, you know... Got into the car this weekend, got into the, the swing of things and put a very good uh, run together. Got points in all three races, qualified yep. well. It's just a crying shame we're not going to see, or as it stands, we're not going to see him back on the grid again this year. Because I think a lot of teams have set up and gone, crikey, is he available next year? Because he's still got it. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of talk about if he's going to be Ingram's second driver, if Kazoo Racing put another Toyota in, which they mm. might do. If they don't, there's not a team in the grid who wouldn't take him if he's available. Imagine how well those two could do as a team and challenge for manufacturers, now yeah. that Toyota are in there, and a team's championship. Well, also don't forget that if Matt Jackson doesn't operate his clause, his option clause next year, yep. you'd expect that Austin would be would have certainly wanted some favours with PMR yes. this weekend, if nothing else. Definitely. Uh, to round up the top 15 from race two, though, Ingram won it from Kamish. Again, nil on the podium. Yeah, good Solid spot. result for him. I did, didn't I say in the preview he was going to have a good weekend this weekend? I said, watch for yeah, nil. Yeah, I'll allow you that one. Yeah, I've got something right. <laughs> uh, Sutton finished in fifth, followed by Butcher. Another almost like non-existent race for him. He was just... No man's land. Yeah, he was there, wasn't he? And that's basically what you can say. He was there. Yeah. Uh, Oliphant in seventh, followed by the BTC boys. Chilton, followed by Cook, followed by Crease. Proctor, well outperformed Smiley in this race. Um, and again, consistency is key for that team. Yeah. Uh, Hill managed to battle all his way up to 11th, managing to take Austin on the final lap, who finished 12th. Turkington in 13th. 
Ollie Jackson in 14th, and as we said, Jack Goff finishing in 15th. It was a super jive by Hill, by the way. Yes, it was. Um. Something that we want to see more of, but not him coming from the back of the grid, him coming from like maybe 10th to 1st. Here's a question. How close would he be to the title rivalry had he not missed the first two weekends, effectively missed the first two weekends? Because he, he was looking quick in those first two weekends and as well, wasn't he? he in the top ten of the championship. Yeah. How close do you think he? I think he'd be. I don't think he'd be top. I think he'd be in the top four. I honestly do. What is he? He's got what eighty-five points after this weekend yeah. finished. Um, yeah, I, I certainly think he'd be top six maybe challenging roundabout elephant I think he'd be higher than that um, be- just because that car was so looking so good at Brands and Donaldson yeah. I think he'd have probably taken a podium across one of those weekends as well Yeah, if not a win he's going to be disappointed isn't he because he's clearly Very. got the pace in that car it'll be interesting to see how he pushes through the remainder of the season and then in the, into next year yeah absolutely race two Tom Ingram pulled ball number eight out of the bag. A little disappointing, as we did think, had him in a six, could he have got all three wins? Because the Toyota seemed to carry the weight very, very well indeed in race two. Um, and we were wondering if he got a six. Yeah, it, it certainly was looking the quickest car this weekend, um, yep. which was came as a little bit of a surprise, as we thought the Hondas would be incredibly dominant good segue because it was Cook on pole it was uh, and with Camish not managing to secure it winning race one or two it was up to Cook or Chilton to try and bring home victory for Honda at this circuit Chilton yep. who loves this circuit but has never won here can't believe he's never won here every time he leads he gets a puncture yep. so he was keen not to lead this weekend uh, if he'd have just gone on to the final lap and then he wouldn't have had to lead no, that no <laughs> well the lights went out Cook lit up fantastically and led the pack uh, into the first complex and Chilton was pretty well behind uh, into the complex, Butcher screamed late on the brakes and slid past Oliphant on the outside. Oliphant again this he, weekend, too easy to pass. He got a bit boxed in for me. Um, I think he was stuck up behind Chilton and Butcher went very deep onto the brakes. But, but race, you you can do it at that complex. But in race one, I remember Sutton got past him very easily again. He's what? too easy to pass, I think. He needs to be a bit more bolshy in defending. He's a bit bottassy. He's a bit. If you get, <laughs> if you get sort of him under pressure he, you're going to get past yeah Sutton Sutton against Oliphant is a bit like Verstappen against Bottas isn't it yeah or Hamilton against Bottas it, yeah. you know the you know what the outcome is yeah anyway uh, Butcher therefore got himself up into third uh, Ingram had made up three places practically off the start ridiculous how quick that car that car shouldn't be that quick off the line with that much weight on board no not at all not at all but there we go. Uh, Sutton was sort of following uh, Ingram through as well, uh, and Sutton would then take Ingram at the chicane for a bust but clean move. Uh, but went back to point in race two. We made about Cavish and Ingram. Exactly. Sutton made it stick. Yep. And I think all all Sutton's moves are normally robust, aren't they? Yeah, they're certainly on that on the edge, shall we say? Yes. Um, but hey, he got the move done, and that and that's that that's the key. He did. Uh, a bit further back, Bordley's bad weekend continued, leaving him pointing the wrong way through the chicane. With a broken toe link. Yeah, not the greatest weekend for him. No, it's certainly one that he'll look to move on from very quickly, and I think he was already off up the road to uh, Silverstone before the race had finished, probably. I wouldn't blame at all. Burn of lap one, Bobby Thompson made up eight places in a car that... Stunning start. Yeah, in a car <laughs> that just 
didn't seem to want to move forward this weekend at all. Or last week, last time out at no, Lock Hill. you're right. And this was absolutely stellar driving. One one thing of note about that Audi, uh, Gornell didn't come out for race three. No. Uh, we believe with another engine issue from race two. Commentators didn't even pick up that he'd been into the pits in race two. Which, <laughs> I don't know, kind of sums up that car at the moment. Yeah, they're not having a great time at the minute. The middle season sort of sticky patch. Yeah. Uh, up front, the BTC Hondas absolutely stormed away. Um, and this is where, a bit further back, I think Cambridge's weekend was summed up for me as a bit of a disappointment. Had a little bit of a fight with Turkington. Needed to a really good nip and tuck between them through a couple of corners. And then he got a little bit too aggressive into the complex, trying to push Turkington out wide. And in the end... It just resulted in one man getting shuffled back, and that man was Dan Cavish. Yeah, it was. Um, in the early part of that race, the car seems to struggle, one, with weight on board, and two, being in the pack. Yeah. I don't know whether it's because of the cooling issues that that Honda might have, or whether it's just a car that's been designed to be out front and winning races, and, okay, in a reverse grid, you'll have to take some of that pain. But I don't know, it doesn't seem to deal with it as well. No, once he got shuffled down, he really struggled to make progress again. A la Brands Hatch, where he he did exactly the same thing happens. Yeah. I think that this was the end of his title hopes. I think Turkton... No, no, I'm serious on this one. I know I've said it a lot, but the fact that Turkton finished in front of him in this race... Yes and no. But I think that sums up the weekend. Turkton's had an awful weekend and you've not made the most of it. I mean, he scored 31 points more than him this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> he's cut the gap in half, effectively, but yeah. it's still a long way back. Well, Do I trust him or the car? Not like he did last year. Yeah. I, know, I know he had an electrifying second half of the season last year, and he'll be hoping did. for the same thing now. And I, th- I think having these two second places and eventually where he finished in this race 10th, I think that'll spur him on to realise, OK, I need to need to almost buck up my ideas and make sure I'm within the top 10 for the rest of the season it's going to be hard because we're going to wear Collins the King of Croft later on and I have to expect yeah. that to suit Ashes Infinity down to the ground as well yeah. I don't see it being a good weekend there but we'll get to that in the preview for Crofts coming up we'll we will stick to this race for now <laughs> I still think it's done but you won't have it so no. uh, Ash would then pull a late move on Oliphant through the complex and help himself to fourth with Ingram following through behind once again, Oliphant, too easy to pass. Just too easy. That cluster. Yeah. Butcher, for a change, was actually quite quick in third. You know, was fairly comfortable in that third position, but not putting any real pressure on the BTC boys out top who yeah, got away. He didn't seem to have the pace of the Hondas um, this weekend. No. Um, but was a little bit quicker than the BMW's rear-wheel drive cars. And yeah, it's a good point-scoring weekend for him and consistent. Yeah, race three wasn't the usual race three madness. Uh, by the halfway point, fairly uneventful, and uh, the BTC one two looked very promising. Sutton started to close in on Butcher at this point, uh, with a podium seemingly in Ash's grasp, with Ingram circling like a shark behind, waiting <laughs> to see if there's any problems between the two. Um, but Butcher held firm. He did, um, and I think Sutton maybe had one or two goes and looked at him, and then seemed to drop off the back of him by a couple of seconds yeah. and almost like go okay this this will do um, sitting in fourth again uh, Sutton has said that it's difficult to run that car behind another car because of the heat we know about the tyres again yep. and you know Colin is a good couple of places behind you yeah. sensible for Ash 
Um, Surprisingly. Talking of Turkerton, he was in a real nice battle pack, to quote Addison, yeah. uh, with Neil Crease and Turkerton. With Crease doing a fantastic job, actually, because he was keeping the pace of Neil absolutely, and keeping Colin behind. Absolutely holding his own yeah. um, between two, three, and four time world champions. Or British champion, should I say. And yeah, he, he looked completely at home and yeah. he wasn't suffering at all. No, I'll tell you what, I think the most impressive thing for me was the fact that he was keeping the pace with Neil and keeping Colin very honest behind. Colin couldn't yep. get past him at all. Um, out front, Ash had a little go through Church on Butcher uh, with Ingram again behind. Looked like he might go free abreast at one point, but all parties kind of backed out and kept yeah. it clean, which he, was sensible again. He had a good look. I think that that was about as much as it came to. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, disappointingly for Crease, towards the end, he suffered a puncture. I wonder whether it was that trying to keep up or ahead of Turkington, keep up with Neil, or maybe he's pushed it a little too hard. Uh, equally with Thrux, it could be a little bit too hard on the on the uh, on the curbs or mm. a little bit of debris yeah. you know as you pick up just pick it in the wrong place <laughs> in fact as he because he got that going on to the final lap yeah. didn't he and he actually completed the final lap with that puncher yeah. and he cut the final chicane <laughs> to finish ahead of Sam Osborne and then he was given a, a half a second penalty because of cutting the chicane and I'm like he's got a puncher he's already lost like 15 yeah. positions <laughs> Um, out front, it was uh, a win for Cook. Redemption. Uh, no yeah. height problems this time with Chilton behind. Chilton didn't really challenged for the win here, did he? Really. Um, quite happy to sit in second. He didn't look overly racy this weekend. No, but had a solid weekend all the same. Yeah. Solid but unspectacular. Yeah. Uh, Butcher held Ash and Ingram behind to take third. Turkey battled up to eight, uh, which was a good point scoring position for him given where he started, but disappointed that he lacked pace in the race yeah. so it wasn't the best weekend the defending champion um, but crucially in race 3 outscored Kamish yes he did um, by two positions although across the weekend only 11 points um, and I think if this is his only bad weekend of the season I think he'll take it Silverstone will go one or two ways for Colin it always does yeah. horrendous or spectacular Yeah. Um, we'll have to see how that goes and I think we, we also know how quick Tom Ingram is yeah. at Silverstone. Absolutely. So advantage Ash Sutton, but I think it's also fair to say Ingram is right back in this fight and will have his mojo well and truly back this weekend. I can't believe how many points he's picked up this weekend. I think that's the slight difference between him and Carriage this weekend as well, is that Ingram will be riding high after this weekend. Yeah. Carriage will be disappointed. Even with a double podium, he'll be yeah. disappointed. Whereas whether that will mean he comes back even stronger, I don't know. But Ingram is going to have all... All belief in Mojo at the moment after what he's pulled off this weekend. Yeah, stunning. 53 points this weekend. Obviously, he got a point for um, fastest... 54 points, sorry. Point for fastest... No, lead laps and pole position. Yep. I'll get it right in a minute. <laughs> um, a huge congratulations to Rob Austin of a triple point scoring return. And Goff also scored a point in each race, which is pretty impressive for that Volkswagen. Not quite, just second and third races. But he scored three points over the weekend, finished 16th in race one. Obviously just out of the points in race one, my yes, apologies. Uh, so the top 15 then uh, for race number three. Cook from Chilton, Butcher, your podium places. Sutton, Ingram, Oliphant, Neil, Turkington from Hill. 
Camish, Austin, Proctor, Jackson, Goff and Thompson. So good point score for Thompson from the back of the grid. Excellent race from him. Um, very much went unnoticed as well from the commentary team. Yeah. But did Jackson move at all this weekend? Was just no, no. <laughs> he was permanently thirteenth and fourteenth. <laughs> Slightly disappointed. Slightly disappointed, yes. Um, knowing how consistent a weekend Butcher has had, um, but I don't know whether that's a difference in driver pace. Quite possibly. Right, shall we move on to the driver grades? We shall. Right then, shall we uh, take a quick look at the driver grades that we've come up with this weekend from the driver performance? Yep, let's start with Colin Turkington, worst result of the season. Uh, mm. D, didn't qualify particularly disappointing. well. Disappointing. D for disappointing. Exactly. Didn't qualify particularly well. Okay, race one, you can't help, but didn't make anywhere near the progress we expected in race two. Nope. Or in race three, really. No. So, what can you say other than that? Yeah, it, it, it was a poor weekend from him. Oliphant. A C. Yeah, meh, wasn't it? Very meh. Uh, very similar to the weekend that Butcher had, really. Um, he didn't do too much better either. Cameron should have gone for a B. Obviously, he dominated the Saturday sessions. Pretty good yeah. in races one and one in particular. I think he should have done more in race two. But I mean, both, both him and Ingram were almost a class apart from everyone else yeah. in race one and race two yeah. but he just didn't have that extra no so be fair but I do think that his championship is behind him and it is over uh, Matt Neal best weekend by a long shot for him this weekend solid B yep. we can't give him an A because he didn't challenge for a race win no. albeit I don't I think that was a team decision yes. or Matt's decision for the team I think there was a lot more pace in that car then. yeah I, I think if he's got that same sort of pace in the car coming into the final weekend and uh, Kamish isn't unfortunately in the title fire then I think he will be let loose a little more I agree Sutton um, not his best weekend not his worst B a B his qualifying problems seem set to continue um, but un crucially unlike Turkson made up for the poor qualifying and scored good points again I'm wondering whether the poor qualifying performances are down to where the team put him out on track or where he manages to get himself in traffic I think, along with pushing too yeah, hard I, say, I think a lot of it is still the overdriving I yeah. think that's still down to uh, a lot of it but the only thing also about his weekend didn't really challenge for a podium the way we spoke before no. okay race three on Butcher but nothing particularly serious and was no. you know, a long way back off Ingram and Camish speed wise was Moffat D when's he going to get this car sorted he just can't seem to get it working again disappointing um, he had a little bit of trouble in race three with some damage but that is the only redeeming feature for his poor showing this weekend I think you can say season well yeah um, Rory Butcher super consistent ok got a podium didn't qualify particularly well didn't challenge at all it's a fairly poor outing from him considering the pace that he's had for the rest of the season yeah but every, every car's going to have their weak track and he'll hope this is the weak one behind yeah. him um, moving on to his teammate Jackson again super consistency about where you'd expect him to be he's not yeah. quite capitalised on his early form of the season but Just consistently scoring those little tail end points isn't he I think we need better from him personally, but I accept the Fruxton might not yeah. be their track. So, yeah. 
Uh, Andy Neat and F. That's just not even bother talking about. Let's not give. Nope. Yeah. Uh, Chilton B. Good weekends. Good points. Yeah. Three points finishes. He's got his season up and running now, hasn't he? Yeah, he'll be he'll be happy with this. Um, and I think he would want to push on and possibly take down a win this season. I think that's that's coming. Yeah, I think that's coming. Uh, Crease. Crease. Uh, a B again. Uh, his best weekend in the car for me. And he's looking so, so comfortable in the championship now. Yeah, oh, he's almost got the Jack Sears wrapped up, hasn't he? Yeah, it's a long way to go. It's ridiculous but he's got, yeah. how far, far ahead he is in that. Uh, Cook, again, a B. Yeah. BTC Racing Boys, all for a B. Yeah, I think he will be disappointed with his uh, efforts in race one, but still got the points and was still good enough in race two to keep himself in contention for the reverse grid. And importantly, and got a win. Do we could ask him in race three. So exactly. yeah. Uh, Tom Ingram, the top of the class this weekend, A star. Stunning, isn't it? Yeah. The best single, arguably the best single driver performance we've had this season. Ooh. Just, just consider Ooh. it. So the other A star that we gave out was Sutton at Knock Hill, and he finished in tenth in that final race yeah. at Knock Hill. Yeah. Okay. So a first, a first, and a fifth. Yeah, I would have, ha- I would have had pole. Yeah. yeah, yeah, awesome weekend. I think you're probably right, actually, because I think at this track the weight hurts the most as well. So I think you're, I think that's acceptable. Yeah, Goff, give him a B two. Yeah, a really good weekend from him. Um, and I think, I, I think I remember saying in the preview that the the Volkswagen would go a little better here, being that sleeker shape and the higher speeds. Um, and he, I think he got the most out of the car that he could have done. Agreed. Brown obviously didn't race, uh, yep. so Tarnzo Cole. D. D. He finished 21st in every race. Yeah. And it was a bit... Yeah. Okay. Difficult return back, but he has done racing since he was last, hit, uh, last in the championship, yeah. so a little disappointing. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Hamilton, E. Uh, okay, we understand... Car has let him car, down but quite a lot this yeah, weekend. No pa- the problem is that once the car lets you down, there's no pace in the driver or the car to make up for it. No. No, I think obviously you had that clutch clutch issue in race one. I think there was a little restart of it in um, race two as well, and it just didn't get any better. I want to see how it in a quick car. I want to see what he mm. can do. And I hope he gets a Cooper <laughs> next year. Do, do you know what would have been quite nice if he hadn't got a driver this season to see what he'd, he'd have done in the Astra at PMR? Yeah, as a one-off weekend, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I think when <laughs> it's difficult. It, He's never had a quick car in the British Touring Cars. Nope. So we can't measure him in the same way we can Goff. No. But hopefully he gets a handle on those Coopers and we can see where his level is because yeah. it's so difficult to grade. Because all of the team hard drivers next year will start on from from zero. Yeah. And we'll then see driver performance and car performance. Carl Bordley. Oh, it's a disappointing weekend, isn't it? Worst by far. It's an E. Yeah, um, it's certainly one that he'll want to forget and move on from. Adam Morgan, difficult one because qualified well, oh. race one was good, but when you have car issues like that... So sad to see that car let him down in that way because he was on for another good result in yeah. race two and that would have set him up nicely for race three and he'd had a really good weekend again if it weren't for the car. So a C. A C, yeah. yeah. Uh, Butel showed a bit of racecraft this weekend. Got a few moves done. Yep. Quite tidy. Not you know decent weekend. Stayed out of trouble. Yep, uh, a D for him. Um, yep. We we knowing what Morgan can do in the car, we want more. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Jake Hill B from me this weekend. Yeah, you know 
race one, yes, unfortunate, but showed his ability in races two and three to make up the positions. Push through the field. Yeah, absolutely. Osborne, disappointing. An E for him. Um, it's almost a downward spiral at the moment. He started yes, with two is. Cs, he got a D, then an E, and another E. It, it's not getting better, and it really needs to. Yeah, absolutely. Stephen Jelly, who's not had uh, a back-to-back or a consistent... <laughs> oh, so he has, he's had two consistent grades this year. Uh, a D, nowhere near what we would have expected. From the another, another Jelly weekend. Yeah, yeah, just... I don't even think he got caught up in incidents as such. He was just slow. slow. Yeah, well, the thing at Frux, are you for fast or you're not? And yeah. if you're not, you're going to struggle. And somebody who wasn't fastest with Ken and was a disappointment was Chris Smiley with a D. Yeah, um, quite surprising to see how off the pace of Proctor he was this weekend. Yeah. Uh, we both said in the preview that we thought the high on dies might struggle a little more at this circuit, and they did. They weren't in the top 10 um, as much. But no, Smiley was really off the pace of Proctor who got a C this weekend yeah um, the Hyundai's weren't particularly exciting to watch they were sort of held their own in the bottom end of the top 10 yep. top 15 area but yeah, yeah. nothing to write home about no uh, Thompson Thompson uh, a decent weekend for him um, considering the car a C for him this weekend fought through the race three really nicely yeah he did uh, it looks fairly good in that car Gornell not been the season he's wanted really has it? it's gone from good to bad yeah but, um, much the same as Osborne again suffering with car troubles car troubles as well I'm wondering if those two have just been swapping engines between each other <laughs> um, but yeah a disappointing weekend from him considering the heights that he had reached already this season yeah I completely agree and uh, last one uh, Rob Austin a B from him yeah, very, um, good. very good very consistent uh, considering he hadn't been back in the championship or hadn't been in the championship for the last two seasons um, and would love to see him back absolutely moving on to our drivers of the day etc your driver of the day oh uh, there's only one person for me it's Ingram I would normally agree I'm um, not on Tom Ingram but so quite simply two wins um, should have been pole position um, a fastest lap in one of those races and lead laps and just yeah awesome outscored anyone else this season in a single weekend carry on <laughs> yeah it's, it's hard to go against that I've let my heart go over all my head a bit on this one it's, it's Rob Austin for me when you look at you know where where his absence has been and how he's coming to that car outperform Mike Bushell yes comfortably definitely comfortably yeah um, yeah I think Yes, you're obviously Ingram was spectacular, obviously. Yeah. But to put Austin back in a race car, he showed why he should be on the grid. Yeah, he he was my uh, good surprise this weekend. Um, okay, we'll, we'll do that next year. Because we weren't, I don't know, we weren't knowing what to expect because he'd been out of the car yeah. so long. Um, but yeah, it was a really good showing from him. Well, my good surprise of the days we've gone to there is Ingram because I think, you know, we weren't expecting the pace from him this weekend. No. But it was very much expected for the Hondas to dominate, which yeah. they did, but found <laughs> absolutely nowhere. Yeah. Tom Ingram's got that car completely hooked up. Yeah, certainly has. Uh, your bad surprise of the day? Uh, was Smiley. Yes. Uh, I don't... I don't know whether he had technical issues or anything, but he was well off the pace of Proctor, um, and 
he seems to have been slowly dropping back from Proctor throughout the season now. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and I think he needs to have a good weekend either next time out at Silverstone or Croft after that. I would completely agree. Uh, my bad surprise from the weekend was Bordley. Wasn't Bordley, expecting yeah. to have such a poor weekend. Yeah, he didn't have a good showing. Exactly. He just, you know, okay, what can you expect from the car? Well, more than that, let's just say. Yeah, and to get caught up in instances, which is not his style. No, exactly. Uh, well, that pretty uh, much... We, we need to just finally talk about the villain. Well, there's no need to. It's, it's Andy Nee this week. Which was Andy Nee, and he's been given just desserts for it after the race weekend, and we'll see how that pans out for him. Just disappointing, isn't it? Yep. Not, I'm not even angry, it's disappointed. Just disappointed. <laughs> anyway, uh, we hope you have all enjoyed the racing from this weekend, and we will be back in no time again, as we have Silverstone coming up next weekend, the National Circuit. Unfortunately, we won't go to the International Circuit this week, this year. Uh, it will be interesting to see whether Tom Ingram can continue to capitalise on this form, and whether Turkington can uh, get his mojo back. Yep, it's going to go one or two ways with Colin, but we'll discuss that in more detail on Friday. We will. Have a good week. Remember to subscribe, follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 